and welcome to Icon Underground Radio for the week of September 21st, 2016. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. So, uh, we, we have, uh, had a couple weeks off lately. We did take last week off, uh, because David being our sound editor, uh, had some health issues that needed to be dealt with, but fortunately he's feeling a little bit better now. Yeah. Uh, so we are back. Uh, yay! It looks like we didn't miss a whole lot in the news front. Yeah, not uh, really. But we do have, uh, two, uh, the, the last two episodes of Combiner Wars. Yay! Yeah. Uh... <laughs> and, and we will also be discussing uh, Till All Our One number four and Revolution number one. And we will not uh, yet which be talking, actually. We, we will not yet be talking about Robots in Disguise that is aired in Canada because it's only aired in Canada, so we haven't seen those two episodes yet. Maybe we'll yeah. talk about it next week. Maybe next time. I guess it'll depend on how much we have in between. Yeah. All right, so uh, the the little bit of news that we did have, uh, there is apparently going to be a shattered glass masterpiece Optimus Prime, uh, which I, yes. I guess is a thing. Good job, somebody. Yay, Graptimus Prime. <laughs> Good job, Japan. I actually, when I first saw just the little preview picture of it, I initially just thought it was the Evangelion Optimus Prime. <laughs> so I thought it was like, wait, are you showing that? Oh, no, he's got cracked glass in his chest. Okay, yeah, so. I, I thought just someone was bringing it up again. Maybe someone was reminding us that that existed. Oh, hey, that shattered glass means it's also a perfect stand-in for Combiner Wars Optimus Prime. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Under dark lighting. It is, this is the get, first, get. admittedly this is from Japan, but this is the first, like, retail release of a shattered glass toy. Although, admittedly, yeah. quite a few shattered glass characters are just repurposed odds and ends toys. Yeah. Yeah. Prime, get your, get your chest fixed, <laughs> dude. Come on. Also, if, if someone went back and told, like, 1999 me that there was going to be an Evangelion Optimus Prime, I think her head would have probably just burst open. Uh, so, uh, there is also some uh, concept art that's been posted of the upcoming Alpha Trion toy for Titan's Return. Uh, and it, it definitely, you know, it's not a very, you can tell it's concept art because it doesn't look very toyetic. It's just like oh, the robot mode's kind of toyetic, but the, yeah, the beast mode mm -hmm. is 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 just a cute maroon lion. Kitty, <laughs> he's a cute little kitty. Maybe you could just pretend he's lion from Steven Universe. It's art from uh, Emiliano Santa Lucia. Probably okay. butchered that name. Ah, but yeah, it's the Alpha Trion, Titan's Return Galvatron, Power Master Optimus Prime, who looks adorably chubby too. <laughs> and a he really does. He's he's got like just that very blocky G1 Power Master Prime thing going. But yes, the Alpha Trion picture just looks like a lion with some cyborg pieces put on and also <laughs> pink fur and a white mane and yeah. like little armor bits. It's but it's pretty cute. And his tail turns robot-y at the end. Yeah. Yes. It, it could have been, like, originally maybe they didn't want to make him a triple changer, and that happened later. Mm-hmm. So maybe. maybe. That's how it, why he looks more animally. Alpha Lion. 
Robert. What's his third mode? Uh, it's sort of a spaceship uh, aircraft carrier thingy. Okay, so not a throne. No. <laughs> no, not a throne. They, uh, yeah, there is the other picture, the other concept picture of him. It's just him sitting on this big, ridiculous throne with, like, cat claw armrests <laughs> and stuff. And well, yeah, it, it looks like the throne could plausibly be made of a second Alpha Trion. Like... I, I realize that a lot of the the Lion Alpha Trion thing comes from uh, a BotCon exclusive from a few years back, but also it just feels like the entire thing is entirely centered around the the play on words of Alpha Lion. Yeah, I I, I gotta admit that is a big part of the appeal. <laughs> Works. It, it's also Why? an excuse for him to actually have facial hair. It's like, oh, some of the lion hair got stuck in his face. The- I suppose. So is his uh, is his vehicle mode actually just his lion mode turned upside down? It's sort of folded flat, sort sort of like flips <laughs> out, kind of. Like like Deep the lion quote. head, I think, be, sort of splits in half somehow. Well, yeah, because the shoulder. All right. It's not like I haven't seen six that shots unconvincing. I haven't seen. Well, yeah, I. I haven't seen Beyond Wave One. The Titans Return. Things. I haven't seen any of the little guys. It's just the heads. Uh, my uh, my target got in a whole whopping second case of the first series. The first ones, like after other people were already finding the second wave. So yeah. at this point, I'm thinking Walgreens is my best hope. Sad <laughs> as that is. Uh, and that's honestly about it for the news. Really worth yeah. going on about this week. Not, not really, even that sort of. Yeah. I don't remember anything else that stuck out in my mind, like some guys are going to conventions and there's third party things we don't care about. Yeah, there's yeah. there's various convention announcements all over the place, but if you're following the conventions on Twitter Tertiary movie news. Yeah. Nothing really yet. It's that's that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get enough of that when the movie actually comes out. We don't need to cover every uh, little on-set picture. It was fun to see Barricade has new slogans that are sinister instead of just to punish and enslave. Oh, sweet. I didn't see that yet. if, If you don't remember them off the top of your head, I'll look them up later. It says, keep calm and hail Megatron. Oh, oh, so they had uh, they had oh. somebody's mom on Facebook make their slogans this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't Michael Bay, I wouldn't like. If it wasn't Michael Bay, I would have expected and maybe hoped for something along the lines of "Make Earth Cybertron Again." <laughs> <laughs> that. That would be pretty good, but sadly, we are talking about the guy who made just like an entire Benghazi propaganda movie, thus cementing me never giving him money ever again. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> there's that. Yeah. So, comics. Yes, there are yes. some. Let's talk about, we're going to start off with Revolution Number 1. Uh, for those who don't recall, that is the first part of their big multi Hasbro line crossover uh, that is is going to basically just mostly lead to people looking up who Rom is and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what Mask was. Rom's comic is already coming out, and the and, Micromasters yep. is already coming out. I think. I think I've seen Micronauts. 
Micronauts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those those and two people are, are going to ask how the action man isn't just James Bond <laughs> or James Bond Junior. I, uh, yeah, that, it does feel kind of James Bond Junior. Now that you mention it, I, I deeply appreciate that we we can tell we we are fully immersed in his Britishness by one of the characters saying bollocks, uh, which is apparently the sort of word that is a punishable offense in British primary schools. Yeah. <laughs> I I want to know how, and maybe this is skipping ahead, but how there's a character who is both ex-SAS and ex-GI Joe. Well, maybe they had, like, a, a transfer program. Eh, maybe. That, <laughs> it's a, that does sound like the most plausible. Option. I thought in the com, in this continuity that GI Joe was just starting, so how is he ex-GI Joe? Well, no, because they have Joe Colton, who is the original GI Joe, played by Bruce Willis in the <laughs> second live-action movie. Uh, and, yeah, so apparently there used to be a G.I. Joe, but all the characters we care about are the new G.I. Joe, I guess. Okay. And apparently it's still kind of in continuity with what IDW G.I. Joe was before, which makes it really uncomfortable that time a Joe showed up wearing a Decepticon logo for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh you don't you don't want to wear that to work, guys. It's not it's not funny when you're in that universe. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the important thing to note about this issue, what they really seem to be emphasizing by placement, is that there are incentive covers. Collect all nineteen. Oh my god. So I I would like to point out for those playing at home that the uh the review, the early access review PDFs that uh, we get so that, you know, we have these things reviewed in time to put them up on the Wednesday the comic comes out. Uh, they do include all of the incentive covers at the beginning of the issue. So I was just flipping through it like, uh, is there a comic here or is this just a cover gallery <laughs> book? That's a standard digital comics thing. When you buy digi digital comics, yeah. you get all the covers, which, yeah, it's annoying when there's like 20 of them. Although like three <laughs> of them are, are, um, uh, sketch covers, so they're just a blank thing people can draw on. Actually, That's... I think two of those are actual sketch covers that are done by someone, not just the blank one, but the art hasn't come in yet by the time they sign out the yeah, because it, it lists names. There's uh, Sal Buscema is one, and I forget the other one. Drew Ooh, somebody Rosh is the other. Someone tell Rob. Oh, he's going to love that. Yeah, I hope I... it's a punch. <laughs> it's going <laughs> to be a punch. He loves Sal Buscema. It had better be. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of incentive covers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, collect all of them. But yeah, there were literally 19 of them. Uh, because there's a page where it just lays out all of them, and it's three rows of five and a row of four. So, math. If, if they managed math to do math. one more, there'd be an incentive cover for every actual page of this comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's fine, because I... Gosh... This... It's a big event. Yeah. I know. Oh. It's It's about big event quality. Uh, well, we'll start off. Uh, now, I had actually 
had had some hopes and maybe I'll hold on to those hopes until after we're done setting up the big crossover event. Uh, because I've liked a lot of stuff that Cullen Bunn has done elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, he did some really good uh, X-Force recently, uh, which, again, is something that I never would have imagined hearing in 1999. <laughs> uh, really good X-Force. Uh, he did some creator-owned stuff that uh, I, I really liked. Uh, he is working with John Barber here. Possibly, you know, so John Barber can explain what the hell all the backstory, why Soundwave is hanging out with the Autobots and (laughs) why all of all of that assorted stuff. Uh, I kind of love the character roster page. Yeah, it it is pretty good. Although, yes, it it still doesn't make me understand. Wait, I'm not able to identify all the Joes still. I, just, I don't remember mainframe, I guess. Well, he's, yeah. he was a guy. Uh, his name was later used for an action master. <laughs> I, I like that the president is named on the character roster as just president. President. I, I appreciate <laughs> that they've actually taken, you know, it was always the future sort of thing or, or progressive sort of thing to have either a black president or a woman president. So now... Because we've got a black president and we may be looking at a woman president, they got to go one step further and have a black woman president. Mm-hmm. So I thumbs up, thumbs up with that. Yep. Uh, but yes, she is president. Like, has she been given a last name or maybe she, she's under the GI Joe listing. So maybe that's just her GI Joe code name. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe she's not actually the president at all. She showed up in the just, Transformers uh, comic. I just, I, I don't remember. What yeah. She, she's shown up in the adjective list recently as well. Yeah, I, I also like on the character roster thing, it's just Rom. Rom. Yeah. Rom yes. Is Rom. Rom from Rom. <laughs> Because there's a life G.I. Joe, and then everyone who's with G.I. Joe and Transformers, and everyone with Transformers, Rom, Rom. <laughs> and he gets That's... an octagon. Yeah, he gets a special shape. There, no, special. it's 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 ten-sided. Oh. A decagon, then. Yeah, he, he's the, definitely the odd man out. It's my headcanon now that the IDW continuity president's name is president because her <laughs> parents pushed her that hard. <laughs> yeah, I can I can definitely I can definitely see that. That seems like an actual thing that could actually happen. Uh, and I'm not being sarcastic. Uh, the art for this issue is by Fico Asio. And I don't know, I will let people who know more about art say more about the art. I like it. It's it's really busy. Like the the Transformers look a little bit movie-ish because they got extra planes, especially Prime's abs. There's nothing particularly extra wrong with greedlies. it. The shading is really good in the inks, even be, before it gets to the colors. It has life. Yeah, it works for mm-hmm. me. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. I I think that's sort of what what I came away from it with was that it was just very stock big comic event person you're pulling in for a couple issues. Kind of. You know. And it, and more like a steady hand than a name who will sell it. Yeah. Yeah. And more just, it's, it's sort of the style is modern comics is kind of the style. 
Yeah, uh, maybe it, not uh, even modern comics. Maybe two thousand four yeah, comics. I was about to say it does feel almost a bit like with, to the extent that the inks are very significant on the final product, it almost feels like that time period in the early 2000s, late 90s, after they were thoroughly into switching over to digital coloring, but still kind of not used to how digital coloring changes the entire <laughs> process and just doing it for the coloring. Yeah. yeah. It does have that look to it, and it's not a bad look, though, either. It, it No, it's not a bad a look time, but... beca- because we have modern coloring now. We don't have early, <laughs> shitty 90s coloring. It was I, ridiculous I think gradients of crap. Ultimately, what I, as as a non-artist, came away with as uh, was that it's it is unobjectionable art. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, the, one other thing I'd say is it, the, the artist definitely seems to be more comfortable drawing people than drawing robots, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they're doing a bad job of drawing robots. No, mm-hmm. just. Yeah, because they're not quite drawn like like our Alex film that we love or or anything else, but they don't really feel out of place. Mm-hmm. Robots are fine. They yeah. occasionally feel like it's a bit heavier responsibility keeping perspective in check than they might be used to doing other stuff. But yeah, yeah there was that's a point where anybody gets when, when they're drawing Blade's robots. Knee did not seem to be bending in a way it should have been, but but yeah, drawing robots is hard. Alex Milne needs all the credit ever because drawing robots is hard. Hmm. Much more than drawing people. Especially drawing emotive robots, I mean. Yeah, robots with faces and personalities and, you know, a full range of movement. Or more importantly, robots without faces. Yeah, there's Prime and there's Soundwave, and then there's someone with even less of a face, Rom. (laughs) Yes. That's okay because... I haven't actually. Shall shall we go into discussion of the actual story? Yeah. Well, we don't have to break it down the whole thing because it's it's pretty much it's unlike a lot of other event comics. It's actually setting up kind of what the event is. Problems between GI Joe yeah. and Transformers because War Thirteen is back and exploding for reasons that are not covered in this issue. But and then Rom comes in and just blows people I... away, makes things worse. See, every, it seems like... everything about this story is, it's, it's a perfect example of the kind of story where if everyone would just shut up for a moment mm. and then talk things out like adults, this wouldn't <laughs> even be happening. Because G.I. Joe is attacking the Transformers based on a misunderstanding that the exploding or 13 is their fault. Who even knows what, I mean, I've, I haven't actually gotten around to reading the new ROM comic, uh, the new rom-com. Uh, it, it's a rom comic. I, I What's probably, there He's there to blow up diorates. That's his deal. Yeah, but from the little bit I've seen of him in Revolution, one would be fair to assume that he was just like some mass murdering boogeyman. Basically. Actually, mm-hmm. That it wasn't. He's a mass murdering boogeyman. That was what my takeaway from it was. It's just like the Joes seem to be holding the idiot ball in this situation where they're the ones <laughs> yes. being irrational and not being willing to talk. And it seems to be egged on by Joe Colton. Yeah, yes. 
Well, and the one person Rom goes out of his way to just like set on fire is Joe Colton. Yeah, he blows and him he away looks first. kind of diarrhea in one of the panels where he's being annihilated. Yeah, well, I, of course I, I assume that the people who who he murders in cold blood are diarrhea's, yeah. but not knowing that it would be like what the hell is this guy even doing? Yeah. Uh, and of course, wait, the Joes assume he's a Cybertronian. So yeah, and the Cybertronians are like they're going to assume we're Cybertronians because they're apparently <laughs> idiots who just want to beat things up. That's metal racism. Uh, yeah, he's, tiny, he's nothing like us. Robotist. Yeah, I mean, except for those of us who are tiny. <laughs> he may be like those of us who are human sized. Uh, but yeah, he comes in, he slaughters a handful of seemingly specific G.I. Joes, and uh, Jazz is going to beat him up, and then one of the G.I. Joes shoots Jazz. Damn it, Roadblock! <laughs> so then Rom gets away. Or wait, uh, oh no, it wasn't Roadblock. Just... Who was... I don't know. No, it wasn't Some Roadblock. Some guy with a bazooka. It was... Dot, dot. That, scrolling to the right page, edit this out, or leave it in and make me sound like an idiot. I don't care either way. Hey, I rock and stuff. roll. Oh, okay. rock and roll. Who should not be one Joe? <laughs> <laughs> he should. It should be like Mutt and Junkyard. It should be like Rock and his pet Roll, <laughs> or the Rock, who happens to have a pet named Roll. Well, that That'll kind be of doesn't work movie. anymore because Rock is roadblocking movies. Yeah. Oh, well, retcon time. We're never getting a third one of those, but I, I really liked them. Yeah, yeah, they were good. They weren't great, but they were fun, especially the second one. The second one more got, this is G.I. Joe, let's go a little crazy and just have lots of ninjas yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the second was, one had, sorry. It's, sorry, I it's definitely this. an event comic. Lots of fighting and things blowing up and people not... Acting like rational beings. Yeah. I mean, this is the stereotypical big crossover start. Mm-hmm. All the heroes fight because they aren't communicating with one another. I just want to see a hero crossover where they don't fight to begin with. Maybe uh, I'm not the target audience. <laughs> Squirrel Girl and Howard the Duck. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. But yeah, I I have a feeling that I am not the target audience all the time. As much as I feel more and more often like I am the target audience with Transformers, not as much with this. But that's fine. It was okay, but my main complaint was there's no mask yet. Give me some mask, crazy. That's a good point. We we had some Miles Mayhem and the uh, little backup teaser strips. Yeah, but that, that's but... already been in the back of other issues. I know he's coming. I want him there. Crazy machines become other machines. It is nice seeing trans. It's nice seeing Cybertronians depicted in a way where they are huge and imposing and bulletproof in a way that. We're not necessarily just supposed to be on their side, so there's no sense of danger when that happens. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's that's a good point. I mean, we we have gotten used to seeing Transformers as just these guys hanging out at the bar, so seeing them as actually being the giant robots uh, is is pretty cool. 
So I guess on to things that I do feel a little more like the target audience for. Uh, we've got Tell All Our One number four this week. Yay! Yay! Uh, so that was uh, Margaret Scott, uh, Sarah Petre de Rocher, and wait, wait, don't tell me, Johanna LaFuente. Yes, on colors. I did that off the top of my head. <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, we're, we're continuing uh, where we left off before uh, the Combaticons uh, coming to at least get Swindle's body, if nothing else, so they can combine with him and find out what Starscream did to him, what's going on, you know, in general. So, yeah, I... I will say I've I've gone on about this before. <laughs> regular regular listeners know my feelings on writing combiner teams. And uh this was really really good. I I liked it. The art really sold the kind of concept going on. Oh yeah, this this might be the best at least in well in the IDW of a combiner team because they combine to get they're combined for most of the issue but you get them arguing and talking inside Bruticus while they're combined. Yeah, and the thing is, three of them have basically come to a consensus, uh, which, you know, may be influenced to some degree by being combined. Like, maybe, you know, they're they're more likely to be pushed into things they would do anyway if, you know, one of the others is also heading in that direction. But then watching Blastoff fight against them, watching him try to say, you know, we did not do this just so we could break everything. We need to actually get a hold of Swerve's memories, find the stuff he has on Starscream and do something about it and stop just breaking things. Yeah. Uh, whereas oh. the rest of them are like, kill, we're going to kill everyone well, for hurting yeah, Swindle. The, the two-page spread, which is gorgeous, gets it across because like, Blastoff wants to do thing. Onslaught wants to figure out what was in Swindle's brain. Swindle is brain dead, and that's driving Brawl nuts. And Vortex yeah. is like, let's just kill shit. <laughs> yeah. It sort of boils so down that's... to burn. Yeah, like I said, the, you know, multiple of them have sort of vague, a, a slight tendency towards the same behavior, so that they that brings it out in all of them. Uh, yeah, and gosh, that, yeah, that two-page spread was just a beautiful way to show all of that going on. Uh, oh, you have so it good. sort of shaped like, uh, Bruticus's eye plate, and, uh, yeah, it's, it was really good. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it a like, lot. I'd like a poster like that. You might have to change the last panel to be something else, because it's just blast off mm-hmm. and really get everybody else. But oh, that, that face! A lot of them on my wall. Yeah, it's, I I really like that one. That the whole issue. Uh, so so yeah. I mean, I won't go over too much what what happens because we're doing these more review style. Uh, but yeah, the the art continues to be just perfect for the story. It's it's very nice, especially you know the last shot. Uh, Chromia basically decides to turn her in so that, or turn herself in so that Starscream won't have what she did to hold over Windblade anymore. And it's just that, that whole bit was really, 
I mean, it was it was moving. It was very good. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was about robots having feelings about things, and, <laughs> and I like robots having feelings about things. Yeah. yeah. It was good. I'm I'm curious where they're going with the uh, Combaticon intrigue angle from here because they set up something that only the Combaticons know, and not entirely clear whether the Combaticons know anything anymore. Yeah, at at the yeah, end, it's not, Ironhide. It's not entirely clear how many are branded. Yeah, uh, at the end, uh, Ironhide basically blew up Bruticus's head, and that does bring up a very good question of whether. You know, that sort of destruction specifically to the head would, whether they're just knocked unconscious from some kind of feedback or whether that would actually feed back into them and kill them all. Well, uh, so. Blastoff is the only wow, one that's going to be a fun thing. That. Everybody else is just unconscious. And Swindle yeah, was already very point. so who knows what happened to them. Poor Swindle. Yeah, we need Poor Swindle guy. back. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's some some other people have to say things so I, so it's not just yeah. me going. Ah. I don't know. It's just really <laughs> good. good. I mean, read it. I second the. Uh, yeah. Yes. You should be reading this. It's it's a very good book. If you if you're actually listening to our podcast and have not yet started reading it, then I don't know what to tell you. You should be reading it. You got to do the thing. Get it, read it. it it's yep. it's Windblade being a fully fleshed out character. It's the combiners being, well, half of them are fleshed out characters at least. Onslaught and Blastoff yeah. and Swindle I mean, was Brawl and Vortex are just dudes. That's <laughs> a good segue into the exact opposite of that: the Combiner Wars animated series. Yeah, so we watched, we have reached, finally, we have watched the last two episodes. And I'm going to guess from the, the, uh, the time at which this was all released that that ending teaser of a Titans return one is probably not gonna happen. (laughs) I wouldn't think so. I mean, that was the most high-stakes drama part of the entire series. The dramatic cliffhanger threat of them doing another one of them. <laughs> I, the, the thing, the, the real takeaway of, of these two episodes for me was finally understanding the screaming pink Starscream head meme. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, fully deserved. Uh, there was uh, one that, uh, I think uh someone from uh the Trent Troop uh Greg Sepilek, I don't know, one of them, yeah. uh posted this this one good video thing that was from the end of this episode of Rick and Morty, where they find this planet that's like beautiful, but then when the sun starts rising the sun is just like screaming and they're all like really uncomfortable like <laughs> Because otherwise it's absolutely perfect, except the sun is making this horrifying sound. And so they they uh, put in Starscream's head rising above Yeah, oh, Yeah, the, when, <laughs> when Starscream, like, when he, the last time we talked, he, he combined all the combiners together, and then he breaks down because he can't control the power, and he just becomes this screaming 
head and ball of energy. Like, <laughs> madness from an, an, a standalone anime movie of Dragon Ball Z. Just stupidity. Now, I will say that at least this this follows Starscream's established habit of just, like, absorbing things. He, absorbing MacGuffins that he shouldn't. Yeah, and turning into a giant head in the process. That's yes. Bit, like, at first, like, I was thinking, oh, Underbase Starscream. Underbase Starscream was great back in G1 comics. That went fun. And no, he's mm-hmm. just a screaming head. <laughs> yeah, or or also uh, Generation 2, when he used the Matrix to fuse with the war world. Oh, and then yeah. he got upset because it was making him be good, and he didn't want to be good. Because it was the Matrix. So. Uh, sadly, no more doinks. Yeah. It, it it was. It was just, he like, he, so at the end of the last one, he brought all the combiners together as his limbs, except he just had like an energy starscream shaped shell outside of them. Uh, and then he, that, like, he lost control of that, and then, yeah, he was just this giant ball of pink energy with some bits floating in it, and his own screaming head, which did not actually make any coherent sounds after that, it just screamed. It was, it was not good. They put out a bingo card before the final episode, some people online. Mm-hmm. Starscream has no non-screaming lines was one of the items <laughs> on the bingo card. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it, it, this was supposed to be Transformers, more adult. Not quite, really. No, it's boiled down to dumb things people expect of like, ooh, adult anime or adult graphic novels. Dumb. Yeah. Characters not acting like characters. Admittedly, a character acting out of character <laughs> as Sassy Megatron is was the best part, I guess. Yeah, Sassy Old Man yeah. Megatron was the the one redeeming feature of the whole series. He was very sassy. Yep. Uh, so yeah, there was that. Uh, there was yeah, some and, really and bad the, rock textures. And at the end, Computron was magically okay again. Yes, every dead combiner is magically back to life. Yeah, somehow. However, whatever magic this was did not affect Rodimus because he's still missing an arm. <laughs> he's not a combiner. <laughs> well, he's so. not a combiner. That's understandable. <laughs> Windblade's not dead, which... Windblade was dead, and then she wasn't. Yeah, she that, had that a, would be good a Harry Potter moment. Mm. Yeah, she, with she, the voice of Metroplex. She went oh, into the afterlife, and Again, apparently Metroplex was actually the city they were in, despite it kind of seeming like Metroplex had been the city she was from. Mm. I I actually thought for a moment that maybe they were suggesting that just her city speaker power is actually just like urban telekinesis. That's what it boils <laughs> down to. It's like... She was yeah. controlling Metroplex's arm as if she was, like, in G Gundam. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was like this whole thing where she comes back to life after the pep talk from Metroplex about how 
revenge, anger, and murder isn't who you are. Remember who you are, you're a city speaker, and then she wakes back up and is immediately... Metroplex! Kill Starscream! <laughs> yeah! That's... Jeez, come on. And, like... This panel opens up, and this arm just lifts out of the middle of a street in Cybertron, and just <laughs> sticking straight up in the air. And no lessons were learned. Okay, that was dumb, None but whatsoever. in amusing way. <laughs> and then, once it's in position, like, the Starscream head energy ball thing is in just the right position that where this thing came up, it can swivel exactly at its elbow down to swat it. <laughs> and the sound it makes while it's swatting down is just the sound of, like, a carnival roller coaster chain dragging <laughs> the cars up to the top of the hill. Yeah. And then it yeah. just grabs glowing energy Starscream like a koosh ball and squeezes. So Prime can grab Megatron, who's transformed into a kind of a neat-looking rifle, and just shoot him. Yeah, and then Megatron later was all like, I didn't think you'd do it. Uh, oh, that that was just a badly written reference to the flashback of Prime opting not to kill Megatron. I suppose. Like, I just thought it was... You didn't have was... to get to pull the trigger. Oh, he did pull a trigger in a completely different context. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god, that was actually Megatron being more sassy. You pulled my trigger. Was it good for you? <laughs> I figured the, the I didn't think you'd do it was him being sassy. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, yeah. he could have always shot himself, but... Yeah. And, so and he, also... He, the, go ahead. He wasn't relying on Optimus to shoot him, so... You know, but he was he gave him that chance, and he did it. And then, God, it was so weird. After that, they, like, Megatron has the Enigma of Combination and everyone is scared, but he just hands it to Windblade, who decides to hand it to the Combiners because she doesn't hate them anymore. And then Victorian put it in her own chest like it was the Matrix, except without, like, opening anything first. She just shoved it and it looked painful, and I didn't understand any of it. Why? I mean, I thought the idea was you had to keep it safe and keep it away from the combiners because it was too powerful. And here, combiner that I don't like, squish this in your chest. What? Yeah. And then we get the speaker of flame saying exactly what you'd expect. (laughs) And thus the combiner wars are over. (laughs) Thank goodness. But now... We have a bigger problem. The Titans have returned. And then they just pan to the moon, like the moon is a Titan. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Metroplex's arm is still just standing up in the middle of the street (laughs) throughout. Well, it's a nice punch. It's not focused on enough to be a punchline. It's like they just reused the model for the environment. And, just, and like it, it just made me think of like Furikuri, just <laughs> oh, yeah. giant yeah. hand sticking up out of the ground. And just are, leaving are we going to do anything about that, or is that just part of the landscape now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, they're going to install Greg Universe's washing machine on top of it. <laughs> that would be fine. That's the thing. This... I would, I would accept that. 
this series would have been better if it had more of a sense of humor like that. Like, more sassy Megatron, more, oh, there's just a hand in the city. But it was so devoid yeah, of thing is, humor. 100% of the humor was sassy Megatron. Yeah. Yep. Well, 100% of the intentional humor. Yes. Yes. There was also doink. <laughs> there was also... It's not good. It's not good. I wouldn't mind seeing somebody try again, but not these people, please. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with... I mean, I guess there is potentially something wrong with the format in that maybe it's... Well, I don't want to say that, because honestly, I'm going to be a huge snob about this. A good writer can do something good with anything. Yeah. So there's nothing saying that you can't do a good story in that format. It's it's not that that format is somehow, you know, it may be harder, but I'm not going to say it can't be done. But yeah, but it's, it, it's definitely a lot harder for something serious, serialized drama. If these were... Standalone episodes of things happening on Cybertron or on the Lost Light or anywhere. Just little incidents that could be dark or humorous. Just a variety. This was... No. Just give me an this, anthology this series. This was a slog that wanted to be. The creators called it comparable to Game of Thrones. <laughs> 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 Fuck no. Of course they did. Of course they did. Man. So, so that's over. Yeah. Yay! Yay! Uh, and so with that, uh, that's it for the week. Uh, I think next week we may have More Than Meets the Eye. It will be the last issue of More Than Meets the Eye, so we will all have big fat alligator tears to cry. Uh, there is apparently a preview, an iTunes preview out there, but I have not looked at it. If you have, don't spoil. I haven't either. I'm not going to spoil. <laughs> That's for next week. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we will return to our blessedly Combiner Wars free episodes next week. Uh, until then, this has been Jen. And Alex. And World did I do? Icon Underground Radio is a production of IconUnderground.net, uh, where we host this show as well as Stasis Pod, our Beast Wars and now Beast Machines podcast. We are on Twitter at IconUG, Facebook at Facebook.com slash IconUnderground, and Tumblr at IconUnderground.tumblr.com. Uh, we are an entirely listener-supported podcast. And we could use your help uh, paying our hosting fees and other minor expenses. Uh, we have a Patreon set up at uh, patreon.com slash underground, uh, where you can go and help us out.
Twitter, Facebook page, the Tumblr. The flamethrower. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then the Patreon. <laughs> 